All right. So welcome to the Monday night, I don't know, webinar, I guess you'd say. <laughs> so <clears throat> we're going to go through in the next five weeks, we're going to go through a series of uh, topics that I think are very important that I'd like to end the year off. And as I mentioned before, in last week, I'm starting a new podcast about sponsoring and finding prospects. And this is the first one. So let's get into that. I'm finding my notes for today because I have like five files open that are all relevant. Here we go. So let's get down to this here. So for those of you that don't know me, I am Jen Springer, and I've been in network marketing since 2001. And the thing is, when I started with network marketing, there was no internet, hardly. I mean, there was an internet, but there was hardly an internet compared to now. I mean, now everything is online, 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 online. And back then, we still had print papers. We still did a lot of flyer marketing. You know, there was, you know, when you vendor events that you would go to and the people were there and they were ready to buy, the, you know, it was very different because people were not being hit by 40,000 pieces of stimulation and data every day demanding their attention like we are now. And so marketing was different back then. I, you know, good marketing is always good marketing. But back then, we had a time when we, we had people's attention. I mean, that, I guess that's really what it comes down to. You know, we really had people's attention back then versus now to get anybody to show up to something seems very hard, you know, whether it's a coffee date or an in-home gathering or a meeting at a hotel or whatever, a live event, because people are being just so overwhelmed by the things that are commanding their attention. And I, I really think that people are in that state of, of just fried, you know, even people that were not ADD or ADHD as a younger person are actually exhibiting symptoms of ADD and ADHD because their brains, the worst thing that we've ever had happen to us is multitasking. And then on top of multitasking, you throw on media and things always trying to grab your attention, you know, like email and texting and social media pushes and pushes that come through the phone for other things. You know, I just got two pushes just now on my phone and so people are literally all the time they we don't have a downtime and so marketing was different when i started almost 20 years ago because we were just a different time it seems like a lifetime ago and so these uh the series that i'm going to be doing and we'll be talking about you know various ways of prospecting and so one of the topics that i find is very relevant for anybody is the topic of my company is saturated because we hear that a lot you know people that are in new companies you know they want to get in on the ground floor because there's no saturation yet a lot of people leave bigger companies that have been around a long time you know companies that have been around decades to go be with a startup you know i've seen that even in my own company which has been around since 1994 and you know, you see these new sexy, you know, uh, companies that have the best technology, the best product, and it's going to be awesome because you're in on the ground floor and it's not saturated yet. I hear that all the time. Or people that are in companies that have been around a long time, 
well, my company is saturated. My area is saturated. And there's a couple of things with that. The first thing is, I'm going to be honest, it, the chances of likelihood of saturation are really not very likely. You know, <laughs> it's a, a saturation in my mind is literally a mindset. You know, it's kind of redundant, but um, the way that I look at it is when someone says my company is saturated, I know that their mindset is closed. So the first thing, if you feel like that, or you live in an area that is quote saturated is to look at that with different thinking. You know, that's the first thing. And the second thing is when you look at saturation, I want you to think about some things that we see every day, like automobiles. So look at Ford, look at Chevy, and look at Dodge. We just do domestic cars, okay? Now, do you think that Ford says the market is saturated with Chevy, Dodge, Kia, Toyota, Honda, Nissan, BMW, etc.? Or do you think that 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 those companies like Ford say, well, we're an automobile company, we've been around a long time, and we're going to go try to take more of the market share? That's how they look at things. They, you know, if you thought about it right now and said, I'm going to open a car company, would you think in your mind the car companies are saturated? Or would you think, I'm going to go get a piece of the market share like Elon Musk did with Tesla? And, you know, you could say, well, everybody's already driving a car, you know, it's too saturated. <laughs> well, it's, it's different, you know, it's, it's, it's different in, in a way, but it's not, I know that's weird to say, but it's, it's really not different because with the network marketing company, every company has a competitor, maybe the first to market doesn't, but if that product is successful, there will be more companies like that company. It's guaranteed. I've been in the industry for a lot of years and I've seen over time fads come and go and like a company or a product line will be hot for three to five years and then it cools off and then it's the next one and the next one and the next one. And so when I started in network marketing, the hot thing at the time, not long after was juices. Every company under the sun had a juice like juices, juices, juices. And, you know, it was like the takeover of the world of juices. And then what happened over time, more and more juice companies, you know, took the market, the market share, you know, kind of got diluted. And then the, the strong companies still stayed existent. And then you see stuff, the products were in like the grocery store, you know, Whole Foods and health food stores had those acai berries and, and goji berries and, um, Lean, what was that? Uh, oh my gosh. What was the name of that? The forefront it's, I see it in my mind. Noni juice, you know, mangosteen juice, you know, all of a sudden now you can buy these things everywhere when they came in through the network marketing companies and those companies held their own for sure. But that wave of trend in the industry went on for three to five. I don't remember how long it was five years. And then it went away. It did have a resurgence about five, six years ago, but with certain juices, Mona V and um, 
Dre was another one and you know they they just kind of come and go but there was like a hotbed of that back in the mid 2000s and then you get like the next wave of stickers you know like these energy stickers you put on yourself or you move on to the next thing that's like uh you know slimming wraps and you know it just it just goes on and on and on with the hot things you know coffee you know, coffee that's going to make you solve all the problems in the world or essential oils that fix everything under the sun. And, you know, you buy now essential oils in the grocery store and in the health, Bed Bath & Beyond has health and has essential oils. And so like, that's just how the market is. And the first to market is the one that's going to be gangbusters. And the one, the other ones will come in trying to jump on the bandwagon and then over time, usually the first to market one is still standing and the other ones have fallen away because they were trying to make their quick buck and leave. And that's just how the market is. But during the middle of a, you know, a time when the company's really growing or even afterwards, especially with companies that have been around a long time, decades and decades and decades, you know, your Shackley, Herbalife, Young Living, Melaleuca, Amway, you know, on and on with these companies that have been around a long time, they... Um, they they have market uh, presence and they have branding. People have heard of those companies or Avon, Mary Kay. Like, you know, you'd think that Avon and Mary Kay would be saturated, but they're not. You know, all the time there's new Mary Kay and, and Avon distributors and Herbalife and Shackley and all, you know, all these distributors that in these companies that rise to the top. But you would think if you looked at that company, you would say, oh, that's saturated. Oh, essential oils are saturated. Oh, this is saturated. Well, like I said, saturation is a mindset. And it's saturated if you think it's saturated. Absolutely. But no company is saturated. I mean, like I said, look at Ford, Chevy, and Dodge. I mean, hello. You know, you're just trying to get the market share. So when you live in an area or you're in a market that is more popular, and you're not first to market, you actually have to get good at marketing. It's just a fact. When a company is virulent or an industry is virulent, like essential oils were from 2013 to 2018, or the juices back in the mid thousands, or I'm trying to think of some of the other, the coffee crazes, the mushroom crazes, you know, you have these CBD and hemp right now is what's happening. And so when, when you're in that hyper growth phase of the market, you can pretty much tell people you have a product and they're going to enroll and get it from you. But once that market, you know, has a presence and more companies pop up, you actually have to get good at marketing. You actually have to have skills. You can't rely on, Hey, I have that product. Hey, I sell oils. Hey, I got CBD. Hey, I got stickers, you know, whatever it is. You actually have to skill now. You have to know how to talk to people. You have to know how to write in a way that gets people to respond. You have to be able to find ways of promoting your business beyond telling your friends and family. So the first, I've written down a few things for you to, to take as notes. The first thing you got to do is you have to find the not so obvious markets, you know, especially if you're representing a holistic product holistic nutrition type of product you know are you in a product that everybody in yoga is already going to have or that homeschooling moms already have or that um, every athlete has you know if there's a product that 
you are promoting that there is a common, I guess you'd say, end user that would be more popular. Like if you were selling essential oils and you're trying to promote essential oils with massage therapists, chiropractors, and homeschooling moms, you're going to find a lot of people are using the product. But if you're selling essential oils and you want to get in with the plumbers or you want to get in with school teachers or you start and you know how to prospect people that are outside of the typical obvious connection to it, you know, if you're selling a weight loss product and you're, you know, going after people that have weight loss, you know, uh, businesses or chiropractics or whatever, you know, you can, you know, think out of the box and being able to go after anybody in any market outside of the obvious. I don't know if that makes sense. I hope it does. And you have to get the skill, you know, you have to be able to, and this is the second thing. The first thing is go after not so obvious markets. You know, if you're selling a product that it's really, you know, like I said, our example is essential oils and you're going after massage therapists, homeschooling moms and chiropractors, you're going to find quite a few people already using the product. It's just a fact. But if you start, if you get the skill to be able to talk to anybody, then you have unlimited market, you know, and that's actually the second thing that I have here is, you know, you have to, the second thing you got to do is learn how to talk to people beyond just telling them about the features and benefits of your product. And that is what we call leading with problems or leading with symptoms. You know, what's going on in their life that your product can help them with. And this really is dependent on you having good people skills and being able to carry on a conversation, you know, being curious about their life, you know, tell me what's going on. You know, how have the kids been? Oh, really? Well, how long has that been going on? Really? Well, what have you tried for that? I don't, I don't know. Well, I don't know if you're interested or not, but you know, I, I've been working with this company that does X, Y, Z, you know, if you're, open to that, we can talk about it and see if it helps little Johnny with that problem that you're dealing with. You know, to present your product as a problem versus trying to sell them on the product saying, oh my gosh, I got this product. It's so awesome. I can't believe it. It's going to fix everything under the sun. You're just, you, you got to have it. It's the first to market and we're, we're going to take over the world. And if you get in on the ground floor, you're going to get really rich. <laughs> Everybody's been pitched that at one time. I was talking to my friend Lawton this morning. It was so funny. I was talking to him about network marketing industry and he's a copywriter. And he said, you know, I told him, I said, you'd have a field day with all the things that happen in network marketing. I said, you know, back in the old days, you know, people would invite you over for dinner and then they'd lock you in the, in the dining room and they would make you, you know, listen to their presentation and they never, you had no idea you were listening to a presentation and then you couldn't leave until you enrolled. <laughs> you know, under their opportunity, you know, and he started laughing. He said, actually, that happened to me once. He goes, one of my friends was, uh, you know, in town and invited me for dinner and we went out and in the middle of the dinner or lunch or something, whatever it was, he goes, I've got an opportunity I want to share with you. And it's, you know, he just started, what the heck? You know, I started laughing. I'm like, yeah, that kind of happens. So, you know, the one thing is with the, the, the second thing I'm telling you here is being able to get good at you know, finding out what people's problems are and then presenting a solution, you won't ever seem salesy when you do that. You know, if you're talking to somebody and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, my husband just got laid off and, 
you know, I don't know how we're going to make ends meet right now. And I might have to get another job and, you know, put the kids back in public school and blah, blah, blah. You don't have to go into full end pitch mode with the product or your business. You just say, Hey, you know what? I've been doing this thing, you know, for, you know, I've been doing this thing with this company and I don't know if you keep your options open or not, but you know, if you're part-time or maybe full-time, who knows, maybe it could help you get a secondary income within without having to get another job and would take the pressure off so that the kids wouldn't have to leave the public school and, or private school. And so if that, if you want to explore that with me, let me know, we'll sit down and we'll go over it, you know, maybe next week or something. If not, that's cool. But if so, then, then let's talk about it. And that's how you, if you learn how to do this, and listen to people and ask them questions about their life, their family, their work, and whatever's going on, you will have unlimited prospects. You will never deal with saturation, ever, because you're not prospecting from the same pool that everybody else thinks that's super obvious. You know, like I said, go for the not so obvious markets. Um, the other thing is, is find ways to explode, you know, explore your business. This is the third thing. Um, Find ways to explode, explode, <laughs> explode is true. Um, explore your business. <sighs> you guys, I'm, yeah, I'm having a tongue tie moment. Look under rocks that are not so obvious for promoting your business. <laughs> so if your business is in holistic, then in you know the nutritional world, if you're going after chiropractors, massage therapists, and, or holistic expos or whatever, you're going to find you're going to have other distributors there. But if you looked under a different rock and you looked at doing boat shows or maybe marathons or, you know, dog shows or something like that for your product, you just need to get in front of people, right? You just need people. And if you know how to go with number two that I said, learn how to talk to people about their problems then you will, um, you'll be able to talk to anybody. Remember, be more interested in them and their life than you are about you telling them about your product and what your agenda is. So learn how to look for events to show up to that not everybody else and their brother is going to be competing with you. You know, if you have a kid's product and you only go to kids expos, or trade shows or vendor events or whatever, then you're going to have that for sure. You know, I mean, that's really, you know, the obvious thing. So that is a way that I've been able to grow, especially as, you know, the company that I'm with is, is gotten really popular. I would find out of the way things or, or find out from the corporate uh, people what markets in the company are really not tapped in, you know, different states or different cities, you know, look up the leaderboards and look at where are some of those distributors at, is there a concentration in, in the, um, in, in, within that certain area of the country or certain region or certain city. Like I live in Minneapolis and where this, you know, this area, it has many, many leaders in my company here. So, but if I go to some of the other smaller big towns in the area, they're not saturated. Now, I wouldn't say saturated, but it's not definitely not saturated here. I can enroll people all day long. But if people were looking at it, like I really want to tap in fresh into a market and find 
events that don't have anybody there yet that represent my company, you have to, um, you know, maybe look at some smaller, you know, cities outside of the major metropolises, or maybe you just need to go over a state and look at their events. And, and you know, you've got to get creative. You know, you have to be resourceful. It's the number one skill you can have to sit back and say, well, my company is saturated and all the good people have been sponsored. That that's really a cop out. It's a lie that you're telling yourself so you don't have to do the work to do your business. It's the truth. You know, oh, I'm saturated here. You know, well, maybe not. But why are you saying that? Do you not want to go out and talk to people? Are you afraid of people saying no? Would you rather market on the internet and not go out into public? You know, what is really the the thing that is coming behind the saturation. And if people are talking about, oh yeah, it's so saturated here. Oh yeah, I'd agree so. You know, that is breeding toxicity because really guys, it's not saturated. Go back and think of Ford, Chevy, and Dodge, okay? <laughs> Just those three companies, let alone any other company when it comes to automobiles. You know, you look down the street, you sit at a stoplight for five minutes, you're gonna see all three of those car companies just pass you by the time the light turns red on the opposite traffic. So think about that. You know, how do you get the market share? You get the market share and you get, you know, people attracted to you because you serve them better, because you listen, you understand their problems, you're fulfilling their needs and you're not a pitch fest and you're really not there just to all make the money. You're really there to help them in, in solving whatever's happening in their life. That's what's going to set you apart when you're in an area that may have more distributors than not distributors, you know, like you're just in that situation. Or maybe you represent a product that, you know, is popular. You know, like I said, the current market right now is CBD crazy. Everybody and their brother's got a CBD. You got CBD everything, you know, like, and, <laughs> you know, it's just so crazy. But what's, What's different between you and the CBD of the neighbor that's selling CBD is you. And that's always the one thing to remember. How do you build loyal customers and business builders is you. It's not your product that's going to hold your team together. It's your leadership and who you are. And the more you can help them with solving their problems, whether it's business or with the you know, improving their wellness or helping people save money on the electrical bill or gas bill or whatever thing is going on, insurance, you will find that the better you are at serving those people, the more stable you'll be. You can be in anything, any company, any market, whether it's quote saturated or not, which it's not. So that's the third thing. And the, the last thing that I want to mention is, you know, one of the tricks that I've always done, I've moved quite a few times in the last 10 years. And I, when I'm plunked into a new market, or even when I started my business, you know, I'm, I was not that person that could have made the list of 200 people, <laughs> you know, which I think is not always the best way to start a business anyways. But I was the, um, you know, if you have a great circle of influence, which you need in order to build this business, but to sit down and make a list, I maybe had five people on it. I'm very introverted. I had my spouse, my sister, my mom, my dad. I don't even know if I had any friends at that time. I, really, guys, like seriously introverted. And I thought to myself, 
Well, I don't have any friends. Some people have great circles of influences. You know, they're the wife or husband, you know, at the top of the leadership of the church, or they, they're a coach and they've known families for decades with the kids that have come through that they've coached or, you know, people have mega circles of influences. Well, I did not. So instead of saying, oh, I don't know anybody, nobody be interested in my life. You know, I, I, was, I thought that I didn't even think that. You know, I saw the company that I joined as a way out of my current job and the paralysis I felt when I went to work every day and the ulcers that I had to treat in my stomach because my job stress made me physically ill. And I was only in my mid 20s. And I thought, holy crap, I am not going to be able to make it to 65. I'm going to be on the news like because I went psycho if I have to do this until I'm 65. You know, I saw my dad get sliced and diced from companies that he had put in his hard work life into. And I thought to myself, I am not going to be that person. I need a way out. And when I saw that doorway for me to get out of that situation and into my own uh, business, I thought, I need to go meet people. I did not use the excuse, I don't know anybody. I did not use the excuse of, I'm an introvert. I am, you guys. I'm a serious introvert, like mega introvert. Ask anybody in my family. Most of you will not believe I'm an introvert. I've done a lot of personal growth <laughs> over the last 20 years. Hundreds of thousands of dollars invested into this unit, so I'm not an introverted asshole anymore. Ask my family, and I'm very serious about that. You know, my mom, follow me on Facebook. You'll see my mom, same last name. So, the thing is, is I had to get creative. I was not going to be the person with excuses saying, I don't know anybody. I'm like, well, how do I meet people? And then I put on a face, like I got to be an extrovert <laughs> just to learn it and to meet people because I want to get out of this corporate thing. And I was able to do that within six months because I saw the doorway and I did not let anything get in the way. I went to networking groups, you guys. I went to chamber of commerce meetings and mixers. I joined chambers. I went through every, uh, what do you call it, event calendar on, well, we didn't have the internet then really. I would go through the local paper and find things to go to. I would eventually, once technology caught up, I would go and look at different, you know, calendars of events through different you know, newspapers in the area or chambers or whatever. And I, I, I showed up everywhere. And that's the thing, you gotta be everywhere because people will see you again and again and again. And then they'll be like, well, that guy or that girl is really serious because they keep showing up. And the, you know, it takes a while. When I lived in Fargo, holy mackerel, I lived there, I moved there July of 2010. And I, oh, you guys, it was horrid. That community is very tight knit and wonderful people. However, you can't just come in there as a new person and just start like, you know, being an enterprising entre entrepreneur. I had to get to know people. I had to get people to know, like, and trust me. And it took me two years uh, to really get rolling my business there. And I had already had a team that, you know, my volume was already like 60 to $80,000 a month. And I was not a new person and I had to get my butt out there and meet people. So I went to every networking group I could go to. I went to every little vendor thing I could go to. I met people for lunch. I went for coffee meetings. I was everywhere and it paid off. 
I, I, I still have very strong legs in that area because of the work that I did there. But I didn't sit on my butt saying, mm, nobody likes me. I can't find any friends. You know, I, I literally went and met people and I got out there anywhere we could get a table. We would go, we would just be, we'd show up everywhere. And that paid off. But you can't rely, I'm an extrovert I, or I'm an introvert. I don't like people. Well, you're going to have to be not, you know, there, I'm going to tell you there's a secret in this industry and I'll say it a ton of times. You cannot build a business without creating late relationships in your business. This is a relationship business. And if you think you can run an ad on Facebook and automatically sponsor people and enroll them and get to the top of your company, that's not how it goes. And I'm a Facebook advertising guru. Like, I, like guru. Did I say that? I don't really, I'm expert, maybe. Maybe I'm good at it, I don't know. <laughs> like I know what I'm doing on Facebook and I can rock the crap out of any ads. But I will tell you that you there's no automated enrollment process at the end of a presentation or an email that you can build your team on that will hold that team through the relationship that's not there. You have to connect with people. You've got to talk to them. You've got to message them. You've got to bond with them. And you've got to go meet people. Even if you're building on the internet, you know, find common events you can meet people to, your corporate conventions or regional trainings, or make sure you're meeting through Skype and things like that. This is a relationship business and you've got to get out there and get a presence so that people know who you are. Okay, locally, those are some ideas, but on the internet, here's some other ideas. Get your butt out there on social media. Have, you know, have your presence out there so that you're constantly commenting on things. You're constantly, you know, maybe you like YouTube and you're publishing videos. You know, Instagram is a little harder. It takes time to do it, but you can, you know, just instead of you putting your stuff out there, how about you reach out to people and not necessarily about your product, but you just make friends with, with people. You know, I, I've made many friends on Facebook and they're my friends in real life. And I didn't reach out to them and say, hey, I got an opportunity for you. I said, hey, I see that you're like in my area and you also, you know, have a common interest with me, horses. Um, do you want to go for lunch? I've done that more than once, you guys. Some of my very good friends here are all people I met through Facebook. Even my partner, Monty, I met through Facebook. Because you take that conversation, you know, you start commenting on their thread and then send them a message. Just be normal. Be a friend. Reach out. Be everywhere. You know, and, and when you comment on people's stuff on Facebook, then they're going to start seeing your stuff as well. And they're going to see you come up in their thread and they're going to be like, who is this person? And, you know, you can take a conversation private. You know, it's the same thing. Be everywhere. You know, have an email, um, a list started and send emails that are things that people will be interested in. You know, it's when you get off the topic of your success and onto the topic and interest of other people's success, whether it's feeling well or saving money or earning extra income so they don't need to put their kid in daycare, you know, whatever it is, and you help people with that, you will be successful. It's just a fact, but you've got to be everywhere. You've got to get your butt moving and you can't just sit back and think, oh, I went to one B&I group and that didn't work out for me. I used to get that all the time when I, I belonged to many chamber of commerces in the last 15 years or so. And I would talk to my friends about, I had a blast at the chamber of commerces, different ones I belonged to. I belonged to some in Illinois and Fargo. I don't belong to one here in Minneapolis um, right now, but I just remember talking to friends and being like, 
hey, I love this chamber thing. You know, you should come check it out, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, I've joined the chamber and it not, I didn't get anything out of it. And I'm thinking, well, what did you put into it? You know, <laughs> did you ever go to the mixers? No. Did you ever go to Social Friday or whatever it was? No. Did you go to the business after hours? No. Well, did you ever like go to meet anybody that you could work with and have coffee with them? No. Well, of course you didn't get anything out of it. So what you put in is what you get out. And I'm telling you, if this introvert here, I am a scientist. I have three science degrees. Um, I can do it. You guys can do it. I, I'm not uh, that the person with the gift of gab. I'm not an extrovert. Um, I'm a extrovert when I need to be, but I, I much rather sit home and like my, I work here at home and quiet. It's like, there's nothing going on, you know, and it's very boring. <laughs> my friend, Tom, you guys might know my friend, Tom Jalen, his life is very exciting and his kids and his family and everything that he does is great. They film it and they, everybody loves it. And they put it on the internet. I'm like, Tom, if you set up a video in my house, everybody be sleeping within like 10 minutes because we're pretty boring. The most exciting thing that happens is my cat will play with something and run around for like five minutes. But we're, we're not, it's just how we are, we're very low key. But that's not an excuse. You know, if you wanna go meet people, you gotta, you know, get some skills, you gotta get off your butt. You've gotta, you know, look, you know, the first thing, remember I said, is you gotta look for the not so obvious markets. You know, this business is not gonna just fall in your lap and become a miracle overnight thing. You know, people think they join their network marketing company, they're gonna to go to the top right away. Mm, sorry, there's a lot of work involved. Um, you gotta get good at prospecting, you gotta get good at talking to people and asking people about their lives and being truly interested in those people. People will be taken back that you actually care about them. And it doesn't matter, you guys, all these principles do not matter if it's offline, in your local community or you want to build on the internet these are the same principles for the if you're going to be an internet marketer to build your mlm you still need to have people skills you definitely do more than not because if you're talking to a prospect on the phone you cannot look them in the eye and get them enrolled just by your charming smile you have to have good skills in order to close them so there's that you know it's very true and then look under the rocks for prospects that not everybody else is doing. If your company is under one, you know, category, like, you know, in, in Fargo, it was very popular. Uh, what is it? Herbalife? I think it was. Herbalife was very popular in Fargo. And there was all these shake shops everywhere. Fargo has like 200,000 people with Fargo and Moorhead and West Fargo all in one spot. And there was like at least a half a dozen shake shops for uh, Herbalife there for weight loss. Now, if that, if Fargo could do it, I mean, that's a small town and, but they, if you were, you know, to go in there to build and you thought, well, you know, maybe I'll do, do a shake shop too. And there's already six here in Fargo. Well, you might choose a different, you know, rock to look under for prospects, you know, get a little more creative. And then the last thing is be everywhere, you know, get your name out so that people see you over and over because they'll, they'll see that you're not just in this for five minutes. You're not just in this for a quick buck and then you're gonna move on to the next thing. I'm gonna tell you, and I know some of you right now that are listening or watching are literally, you know, the types that I'm not trying to guilt you, you've gone from company to company to company to company to company and you've got no friends left here in the NFL. And you've got no friends left to sponsor or prospect. 
And the question always is, is it the company that was a problem or is it skills that you needed to get? And usually it's the latter. And I don't want you to feel bad about that. I just know that's true. And when you can stick to a company and unless there's something serious that's going on that you need to move on. But if you're just looking for the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, people are going to say, well, you know, that, that lady's on to the sixth company that, you know, since I've known her in the last two years, she's pitched me on four different products. Don't be that person. You know, don't, don't be that person. Be the person that is loyal to a product line or, and be loyal to your people that are customers and your team builders. And, uh, you'll find that you'll be more attractive too as a leader because you've been holding the, the flag and the torch for a while. And those people in those, in your community that are seeing you everywhere are going to say, wow, it's been two years and I still see him coming to this event. I'm going to go talk to him. That's how it goes, you guys. So anyways, I just want to leave you with that. Um, we're going to keep this, uh, you know, here to the minimum it's about i know it's about 40 minutes right now into this whole thing and i'm going to be quiet because <laughs> i could just go on and on about this whole thing uh so anyway so the next uh, episode that i'm going to do is going to be living in an area where you don't know anybody how to find people i gave you a little bit of that tonight but i'm actually going to really talk about it nitty-gritty on that next time in the next episode so Stay tuned for that. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your day and that all things are well. So we will talk to you guys soon, everybody. Take care.